live from the Virtual Summit, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Marjorie Adam and Gavin Ekstrom. Today's topic, how to have it all with balance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. What a day. I sat in on two awesome classes. I took a ton of notes. Uh, I had a super fun lunch with all the coaches that are in town. We hung out a little bit. Uh, now we got a great end of the day. So let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to have two coaches come up for a half hour each. They're going to tell their journey before the core, during the core, what they're working on. And they're going to make sure they each give you three to five tactics in their talk that you can make some money with. So the two coaches we're going to see were voted by all the coaches who they wanted to see. So the two coaches you're going to see today are what the 44 coaches who are an unbelievable team, if you've seen these last couple days, have decided they want to see. So first up, we're going to see a lady named Marjorie Adams. She's a realtor. She's been with me for 11 years. She's been a long time. Now, she's slow and steady. She grows, she grows, she grows, she grows. She's got excellent balance. She's a fabulous lady. When she first came on my team, I was a little worried about her. She leans a little left. But I'm telling you, she is a capitalist through and through. She wants to have a really good business and a really good life. She makes a lot of money. She pays a lot of taxes. She saves a lot of money. I will tell you this, she inspires me. I think she has an unbelievable business. And you're lucky to learn her journey because a lot of you, her journey will be yours. And then we'll be coming back with one of my lender coaches who's at the top of his game. 60, 70 units a month, 350 loans in his branch. So we'll see two versions of the same thing. Their journey, how they grow, growing at their pace. Now remember, some of you will be like Marjorie. Some of you will be like Gavin. That's just, we, have, we have a process to accumulate wealth for everybody. So without any further ado, my dear friend, great coach, Marjorie Adams. Thank you so much, Rick. So I'm super excited to get to talk to you guys today. I'm sure you know when you're going to get a Rick Ruby introduction, you never know what you're going to hear. Um, I have been told I am A and B, I am slow and steady, and I will take that. I will honestly take that. So it's a real honor and joy to get to talk to you guys today. Um, I've been really nervous about this talk. Um, I really wanted to be able to share a little bit about me and my journey. So I'm really going to be focusing on my family. Um, to start this and get you to know who I am through my family, because I have had a lot of struggles with family, and I think a lot of you have as well. And it is something that we can relate to each other, and you can understand. I think sometimes people look at us as coaches and they think, wow, they got it all together, right? They don't struggle with anything, and I can assure you that is not the case. So I wanted to take you through a little journey, and I'm going to introduce you first to my mom. So my mom is a warrior. My mom is where I got all my strength from. So mom and I had a rocky start, right? She kicked me out when I was 13 years old, right? She said, you do not live here anymore. So one of the first lessons I want to share with all of you, if you want to have a balanced life, you got to learn forgiveness, right? I forgave my mom, and I have a relationship with my mom. I could have let that be it. And it has brought me so much joy, and it has made me a better person to forgive my mom. So my mom is a warrior. She has been through breast cancer twice. The second time she was a realtor, I got into real estate because of her. And because of her strength, I think it was two days after surgery, she's back to work. Like, this woman is a warrior. And right now, this is going to be a hard part for me, so if I can get through this, we're all good. She is an end-stage Parkinson's. She's been fighting Parkinson's for about five, uh, 10 years, and she is at the end right now. So 
something I have learned and that I want you all to focus on is the value of time, right? So my time is with my mom. It is my priority. Another house sale is not my priority. So my mom, there's a picture at the bottom. This was us at the beach a week ago. So I took my whole family to the beach because I wanted us to have time. And it did not go according to plan, which is basically a good synopsis. She ended up in the hospital, and I thought she was going to die. And my mom was in the hospital, but I still get to get glimpses of who my mom real is. So my mom knows ten languages, and she can cuss you out in all of them, all of them. And I will tell you, she's a character, right? She's one of those people that you're like, whoo, wonder what's coming out of her mouth. So she was in the hospital. She weighs about 74 pounds now. Um, she was mostly not really with us. They put a bunch of hot blankets on her. She just wants hot blankets on her. And she kind of regained consciousness and opened her eyes, and she looked at me, and she said, better than an orgasm, honestly. So I got to see a little bit of my mom. So, guys, here's one thing, one lesson. I'm going to give you just a bunch of lessons. Mine are mostly personal, is you better be spending the time with the people that you say are important. If you tell me it is your family, am I going to see and feel that? Is that where you are spending your time? Because my mom's time is limited. I have very little time left with her. But I am with her on Tuesdays. I am with her on Fridays. She is my priority, right? That is where I'm spending my time. So second person I want to introduce you to is my dad. And we could write a book about my dad. So a little bit about my story. Um, I've been in the Corps, actually, since 2009. But I just got my 10-year graduation. There's some math issues there, even for realtors, right? We're not great mathematicians, but something's missing. So my dad has had a lot of struggles. That's the understatement. And in 2011, I had been in the Corps as a student for three years, and things were not going well. And so second thing I want to talk to you guys about is trust your gut. So I knew in my gut that things were bad. My dad didn't really talk to me about everything, but I knew things were really bad, and I didn't say anything. So in 2011, in September, it was my 40th birthday, and I threw myself a huge party, and my dad's house burned to the ground, and they lost everything. Now, my dad was at my house, which is why he survived. But as we're going through all of this, I think, gosh, i got to leave the Corps. And I don't know if I ever told Rick this story. I know he was um, kind of hurt and thought, why is she gone? Like, what's she doing? But I had to leave because I had to take care of my dad. And actually, it was like uh, knowing something was going to happen. In January 2nd of 2012, he attempted suicide. So he couldn't do it anymore. And after a year and a half, so I was out of the court for two years, and that year and a half I spent um, hiring bankruptcy attorneys and attorneys for my dad because what we had found out is in the downturn of the market, he was a developer and he was an attorney, that he was leveraged to the hilt. So here's another lesson. Enough is enough. Okay? So my dad wanted to leave us more. My dad wanted to be able to just do a little more. He worked too many hours. And what he ended up doing is borrowing money from a trust account. He was heavily leveraged, right? He lost his house, burned everything down. He was sure he could pay it back. So what ended up happening in the middle of 2013 is he was sentenced to four and a half to 12 years in prison. Okay. Worst day of my life. So here's what I'm going to tell you guys, right? Enough is enough. So if you can look at me and think, wow, this is an extreme lesson, you all need to be really clear. Working more hours, looking for that next goal can destroy you, right? And it did my dad. Now, the picture at the bottom, if you can see the slide, is my dad, and he's holding a bun. And that's the day he was released. And when he was released, all he wanted was a hamburger. So I bought him a hamburger. So my dad has been with us since then. There are pictures of us since. He has put his life back together. I'm super proud of him. 
But honestly, what I've learned from him more than anything is that enough is enough. So guys that are chasing this impossible dream and like, you know, all that matters is a little bit more, not always the case, right? So something Rick often wonders, gosh, you know, you're pretty happy with where you are. My coaches say you seem to really know your number. Yeah, because I'm really clear what can happen on an extreme way. All right. So next is my husband. So my husband's name is Philippe. He is awesome. He's from Belgium. He's a chef. Thank God, because I cannot boil water. I can't boil water to save my life. Um, and he is an amazing dad. He is a phenomenal dad. And he is an amazing friend. So I think a lot of us need to be a better friend, right? I am not a good enough friend. My husband is an amazing friend. So Philippe, I became a coach. I was so lucky that Rick picked me and the coaches picked me to become a coach when I came back in 2014. It is one of the best things that has happened to me and something I am the most proud of. But about a week later, uh, Philippe was diagnosed with cancer, right, the first time. So a week later, Rick says, are you going to leave coaching? And I said, no way. Um, I am not. I am your coach. I am here. And he powered through it. And then in 2016, he was diagnosed again. And in 2016, it had metastasized. And so he went through really heavy chemo. And that guy is a warrior, right? And so he has taught me a lot of things. He has taught me how to persevere through things. Um, he has taught me how to be a better friend. And in November of last year, his best friend was killed in an accident. And in February, his dad died. So if anyone has to go through something, if you can imagine, this man has gone through so much. And he has taken care of our friends that passed away widow. He is there every week. So when you guys say you're a great friend, do you know what that means? Like to me, a year out, every week he takes care of her. He is a great friend. I need to be a better friend. I'm not a good enough friend. I think a lot of you are probably in the same boat. Be a better friend, right? Be there for people when you say you're going to be there for people. And then there's my kids. Honestly, the joy of my life. If there's anything I'm proud of, it is my children. So they are 19 and 22, and they are fabulous human beings. So if I've done anything right, anything at all, it is my children. And they have been through their struggles. I'm not going to share them all because, frankly, it's their story. But I will tell you the pride and joy that I have of my kids is that they are empathetic. They know empathy. They take care of their grandma, right? They are great to other people. And they have a lot of tenacity. So Alex is graduating from college. Alex is 22. Is going to probably be um, one of the world's best tattoo artists. So if you can see Alex's arms, Alex is tatted up. Not quite J.J. Mazo tatted up, but we're getting there. Um, and Alex is an unbelievable creative genius. My son Lucas is going to go into college. He is going to play D1 baseball at the University of Dayton. Go Flyers. So he works out in baseball five hours a day. Five hours a day, right? Tenacity. So honestly, be a great parent. All you guys I coach, right? I want to be a better parent, right? And my kids are my priority. Are they? But they say they are. So honestly, from my personal talk, be a better parent. Spend the time with your kids, right? Be home when you say you're going to be home. If there's anything I'm proud of, it's that I do that. I am with my children, right? They are my, my life, and I'm so proud of them. And finally, there's my team. So my team, so this talk is all about balance, right? How to have more balance. My team is why I have balance. So if there's anything I can thank Rick and the core and all my coaches for, is that I have learned balance and I have learned to love and cherish my team. I cater to my team. I love my team. They are like my sisters. My brother is actually on the team. Our, our client care, everything that I do, my time that I can spend with my mother is because of my team. 
I can go to baseball games because of my team. So, guys, you've got to honor your team. You've got to build a great team. So if there's anything the core can teach you, because I was the worst hirer ever. Awful. I was terrible. I had employees I was afraid of. Seriously, Scary Mary is real. I was terrified of her, right? She was terrible. She quit, thank God, because she might still be here. Um, I was a terrible hirer, and I have really learned from the core how to hire. So if you guys want to balance life, enough of this, no, you know, no time to hire, and that I don't cherish my team. My team knows I love them. They would do anything for me. So if you guys do not have a great team around you, you are missing the boat. You will never be great without a great team. I would never be great without my team here. Without all the 44 coaches who take care of me and that love on me, right, and Kendra who sometimes might beat on me a little, right, when I need to be better in line, I would never be great. And I am nowhere near great, don't get me wrong. But they really take care of me. And I will be thankful to the 44 and my team to the end. They are the reason that I am able to be here. They are the reason I have sanity. So, guys, that's my family. That's a little bit about who I am. But I wanted to share five tactics with you um, that I think have made the biggest difference in my life, right, and that I think are super important for you guys all to pay attention to. And so the first one is accountability, right? So let's be clear. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I hate accountability. I'm just being honest. There are times I do not want to make my phone calls. There are times I do not want to fill in a greatness tracker. I don't want it. I don't want to. I'm like a little four-year-old. I don't want to. I don't want to be accountable, right? But it's made all the difference in the world. I am accountable to my husband. Nobody keeps me more in line than Philippe, right? When I go to a course summit, I tell him I'm going to teach a class. I told him I was going to teach time management, and he died laughing. He was like, really? You're going to teach time management? Next, maybe you'll teach organization. I'm equally maybe not so good at that. He keeps me really grounded. I'm accountable to him. I'm accountable to my kids, right? Lucas says he's going to go play two or three years of D1 baseball, which is nice. He's going to make a lot of money, and he's going to come over and take over my team, pay me about 50 cents, apparently. Um, since then, he's met Phil Puma. We've become really good friends with the Pumas, and he's decided he's going to take over Phil's team, which is probably way better for him. <laughs> but um, I'm accountable to a lot of people. So here is the truth. If any of you watching – Think, gosh, I want to be like that coach. I want to be like JJ. I want to be like Kendra. I want to be like Lisa. I want to be like Robin. They are more accountable than you. That is the secret. They are highly accountable. They listen to what Rick says and they do the work, right? So if you want to go further, you got to have more accountability. So for you that are currently students in the core, here's the secret. We ask you at the beginning of every semester, between a 1 and a 10, how accountable do you want us to hold you? And most of you say, what, a 9 or a 10? You don't mean it. You do not mean it. Like, Rick Ruby is a 10, so I don't, a 10 is tough, right? I get a lot of Rick Ruby accountability. But you guys want to do better? You want to be more spiritual? You want to have better teams? you got to be more accountable. And to be more accountable, you need a coach. So for those of you that are here, I want you to write down one thing, one thing that you need to be held more accountable for right now, one thing, and that you need to go to Rick or your coach and you need to say, hold me more accountable, right? And then those of you that are here visiting today and I can't wait to meet, you need a coach, right? I'm accountable to my coach. My boss is Rick. I'm accountable to my trainer. My trainer is a nicer, smaller, smilier version of Rick, right? But she tells me what to do and she makes me do it. So you want to be more successful, you be more accountable. That's it. That's the secret of honestly that I need to share with you today. Second 
you got to admit the truth about your finances. This is a big one. So when I came into the core, I was a financial disaster. Disaster, as well as obviously had a lot of other things going on. And I came into the room, and I sat there, and I thought, I don't belong here. I do not belong here. This this is not where I belong because I'm such a mess, right? I had 140000 in debt, and when I started, um, I looked at the coaches and thought, gosh, look at these people, right? They have it all together. They have figured everything out. Look at the people around me all put together, and they're the nice little outfits, right? And I found out that I found my people because we are a bunch of high-producing misfits. Let's just be clear, right? So when I was sitting in the room and I thought, I have 140000 in debt, and then I found out someone had 300000 in debt. And then I found out someone had 400000 in debt. It was like an auction, right? Can I hear five hundred? Can I hear six hundred? And I thought, holy crap, like, I am not the biggest mess here, right? It was kind of joyful, actually, to know that it wasn't just me. So you all need to right now admit where you are financially. You got to admit it. You got to stop being embarrassed about it, and you got to work on it. It was a lot of work, right? I could have declared bankruptcy, right? I absolutely could have. But I got coached from Rick and from Dayton and from Kendra and from Rita how to get out of this debt, right? And so here's what I will tell you. We can help you, right? We can help you go from scarcity, from financial scarcity, which is where I was. Like when you get letters from the IRS that say we intend to levy your assets, those are not good, right? You don't want those letters. So I was a mess, and now I'm financially secure, right? And we can then take you well beyond that. So I need to apologize, actually, to Rick, because I've been a kind of poor student. Now, I am more secure, but I have not listened well enough. I have not been a good enough student. Rick gives me all this amazing information on how to invest in the stock market and to really how to save my money, and I've been a poor student. So I promise moving forward, I'm going to be a way better student. I'm going to surrender and listen to him about my finances. But for you all that are here, be honest. We can help you. We will get you to the other side. I am the proof of this, right? So admit it. Talk to your coach. If you're here as a guest, talk to Rick. Tell him what's happening. We can help you, okay? Next, acknowledgement that you need to surrender. Yikes. This is a tough one. So I am a big believer that I can fix everything. Uh, That is one of the biggest things I talk to Roy about. He goes, girl, you can't fix it. And I think, yes, I can. Yes, I can. So acknowledgement that you need to surrender is a huge one. Um, You need to, I'm going to take two seconds and make sure that I, um, you need to admit that you're not in control. And that's hard, right? So we all come to a summit and we say, I got it going on, right? Like we want to just tell everyone what's great about us and everything that we're doing well, but we don't admit where we really are struggling. And I am just telling you, I am standing up here, and there's a thousand things that I need to work on, a thousand, right? I come to Summit still, and I take notes in my book, and it's embarrassing, the things that I still have to work on, because I haven't surrendered enough. So again, the most successful people have surrendered. you got to surrender. So here's a story. Um, One of the things I can tell you is one of my favorite things about coming to a Summit is the fire pit. I love the fire pit, and especially when we're in person. So here's the secret about how I do a fire pit. I go find Rick, and then I stay far enough back from the firing squad with my glass of whatever I drink girly drinks, and I listen, right? Because let me tell you something about Rick. He can get to the heart of you in the matter in two minutes, two minutes, and he can pop an ego like a balloon, right? And he can tell you what's wrong with you. Now, here's the thing. This is a gift that you're given. 
Now, this is not a gift like at Christmas where you have a beautiful package and you pull it out from under the tree and you're like, oh, look at this gift. It's a pretty hard gift. It's a gift that can be delivered a little rough, right? It's a hard gift to take. But I'm telling you, if you take that gift, it will change your life. So I came to my first summit, right? And I met Rick, of course. And I went through everything and I got interviewed after the summit. Now remember, I was realtor of the year, which is awesome because I had all my little I love me plaques because I was fabulous, but I was $140,000 in debt. I was the worst hire ever and I was producing about 14 million. And Rick called me and he said, you know, it was short. So the nice thing is they're generally quick calls. Um, and he said, you know what? You're a mess. Um, you've got a lot of things you've got to work on and I can fix you. And he hung up the phone. Okay. So I literally was furious. I was so mad. And I thought to myself, listen, someone clearly has not explained to this guy how this works, right? You want me to join your program. So what you're supposed to do is kiss my butt. You're supposed to tell me that I am fantastic. You are supposed to tell me that it would be an honor to have me. You're supposed to tell me how great I am. That's how this works, right? Clearly he's confused. Well, it took me about five minutes and... I got over it really quick because I am a mess and I am quick to acknowledge that. And I called the core and I think I got Lindsay at that point. And I said, oh, my God, please take me. Right. Please, please, please take me. Please take my money. Please help me because I can't continue this path. So here's the thing. You guys need a little more Rick Ruby. You need him to tell you exactly what you need to work on and then you need to do it. Right. So surrendering will change your life. Right. Acknowledging the things you need to work on. And just admitting it. So honestly, guys, if there's anything, a little more Rick Ruby, right? It, it can be painful. I get yelled at more than anybody as the realtor coaches, right? I promise you, it's me. And it's made me a better person. It has. So surrender. All right, next is authentic and be who you are. So I love this one because I think that we all forget, right? We kind of want to be someone we're not or we want to portray someone we're not. And I will tell you that people follow authentic and genuine people, right? So a little bit about me. I am not what you would generally expect to be one of the 44, right? He mentioned I'm a little, little more liberal-leaning. I am a capitalist, right? But I am a little bit of a deadhead girl, right? I love Harry Potter. If you want to talk to Brenda Brosnan and you want to talk to Robin Lavaster and a bunch of other core students, I drag them to Harry Potter world with me with my wand that I brought with me in my suitcase. No, I did not bring my children. So I got pulled over in security because of my wand, and the people behind me were like, you're freaking kidding. No, no, it's a great wand, right? Um, I love Star Wars. I love to eat cheese balls in my pajamas, right? I am a very basic person. These clothes are my core clothes. They are in about this much of my closet. The rest of my closet is not core clothes. When it's time for a summit, I text pictures to Kendra so she can tell me if my clothes match. I'm just being honest, right? So this is who I am. But I'm authentic, right? And Rick knows that I am who I am. And he loves me for him, which is amazing because I'm very different than Rick. But here's the thing. I think you guys need to be authentic. Love who you are. Be who you are. If you're not happy with who you are, fix it, right? If you need therapy, get therapy. If you need to go on a diet, if you need to do whatever it is, fix it, right? Because people will love the authentic you. So I will tell you years ago, at one of my first summits, Todd Screena came up to me, right? 
And he said, you know what, Marjorie? You're a lot like Velma. You know, guys know Scooby-Doo, right? He was like, you're Velma. I thought, okay. And he said, I need you to be more like Daphne. And I thought, well, huh. all right. So I actually took that well. I said, you know what? I think that what that means is I have to let my authentic self out. Like I don't, I hit a little in the shadows and I didn't really let people know who I was. And so here's what I'm going to tell you guys. Be a little bit more like Daphne. Now, I think maybe keep the Velma inside because I think Daphne might have been a little bit stupid. But be more like Daphne. So find that. Be genuine. Be yourself. Show yourself. Again, if you guys love people in the core, I know the people that I always hear that people love they are the most authentic, sometimes a little crazy. Like people love them some Jerry, Jeremy Forcier, right? He is him. People love Jane Floyd. People love Kendra. And people love Rick. Now, he's a way different, um, but he is who he is, right? Be authentic, right? That's a huge lesson. And then finally, it's appreciation and extreme gratitude. So this is one thing that I see with a lot of you guys is I don't see enough appreciation out of you. I don't see enough acknowledgement of your successes. I talk to a lot of you, and you get on calls with me, and you say things like, well, I made $8,000 a month. And I think, ah, it's like someone ran over your dog, right? This is huge, right? So appreciate more. Show some extreme gratitude. Know your number. Know your why, right? A lot of people, I think, are lost and burnt out right now because it's just always chasing next, right? And look, you, you should take this from me because I am the smallest coach, right? It, all the other coaches should, should send me gift baskets every day because when we get on coaching the coaches call, I am always last. That's me. And that's okay. But here's the thing. Imagine how miserable miserable I would be if I was always chasing Dayton Schrader, if I was trying to be Philip Puma. I'm not. I'm trying to be the best Marjorie. You guys need to be the best you, right? Now, that doesn't mean don't compete. That doesn't mean don't grow. That doesn't mean don't make more money. It means appreciate the journey. You guys are also focused on the destination that you're not enjoying the journey. So I'd love to see more gratitude. I'd love to see more appreciation and acknowledgement of the work you're doing and a celebration with your team. So extreme gratitude. So guys, I just can't tell you the honor it is to speak to you. I can't tell you the honor it is to be standing here as one of the coaches. It is a joy of my life. It is something I'm super proud of. But all of you that are here that are current students, I want you to acknowledge things you can work on, right? That you need to surrender more. That you need to understand what the core provides for you. You need to understand how lucky we are to be in this program, right? And that there's more work for you to do. There's so much more work. You are not done. And then for you that are visiting today, you are nuts if you do not come. I, my life would be a different place. I mean, I would be in such a different place if I were not here. If it were not for Rick Ruby, if it were not for Kendra, if it were not for all my coaches, I would not be able to stand here, right? I would not be financially secure. I would not understand the importance of my family, right, and how much the time is so valuable. So, you guys, you've been given a gift. So really enjoy the gift. Appreciate the gift. So I want to thank you so much for listening to me today. And I get to bring up Gavin Ekstrom. So let me just tell you about Gavin. I texted him, and Gavin said, hey, uh, I said, what should I say about you? And he said, well, you should definitely say I'm handsome. And he is handsome. Just so you know, he's super cute. You're going to see. And he said, tell them I'm tall. He's not really tall. So he is handsome. He's not so tall. But let me tell you about Gavin. 
he has an amazing heart, right? He is very clear. He is very surrendered. He's very driven. He's an amazing family man. He has five kids. I joke that he has 25 kids, but he has five kids. He is an incredible person. So honestly, I can't wait to hear from Gavin because a lot of us need to be more like Gavin. Thanks, guys, very much. Marjorie, thank you for the introduction. It's an honor to share the virtual stage with you. I wish more than anything that I was back in North Carolina. I wish we were all back in North Carolina because it is just better when we're all together. But what a phenomenal event it's been, and we're going to finish strong. It's amazing how every time you think it can't get any better, and yet the core always is raising the bar. That's what we do around here. I, I want to give thanks to Rick, to Rita, Kendra, Todd, JJ, also all of my fellow core coaches, students, and coworkers. Without your inspiration, your drive, your dedication, you motivate me to be a better person and a better leader, and I am forever grateful. How to have it all, that's the title. I don't have it all, I'm still broken. I'm still learning to get better. I just want to get 1% better every single day. But I know with the core, I can do that. I want to talk about my family. My family, yes, it's true. Yes, I have six children. The ages range from 21 to 1. And my 21-year-old, he just recently got his mortgage license. So I'm putting him through our MLA program. I ask that you pray for him. He's going to need it. I've been married for 13 years. However, if you ask my wife, she counts time served. So the time that we were dating for five years, she counts that. So it's 18 years if you ask her. I think it's so she can get a better anniversary gift each year. I thought my why was my children. And that was until December 26, 2016. See, on that day, my wife asked that uh, she be alone, so I sent the kids off to their friend's house. I went to the office for a few hours. I came home to check on her, and I found her in excruciating pain, in a fear and a look in her eyes that I had never seen before. The unfortunate part is, just a few hours later, my wife gave birth to our sixth child at home just too soon she didn't make it and I saw a fear um, a heart that was broken heart that was shattered and a loss that I don't know how we're ever going to get over it and through this I knew I had to step up I knew I had to be a better husband I had to be around more to comfort her and comfort her. I needed her to comfort me through this loss as well. See, most most people, when they, when they suffer a loss like this, their marriages go into shambles. Our marriage got better. Our marriage got stronger. And through that, she became my why. Because I figured out if I got it right with her, together we could get it right with the kids. And it just made life a lot easier. See, Jimmy Reed said it best when he told me, Gavin, our women want to be cherished and the men want to be honored. 
you want to be married forever, work on that. My wife says, treat me like you did in the beginning, and there'll be no end. We've got to stop working these late hours. We've got to stop working 50-plus hours regardless of the market because, see, then we're neglecting our family. And that's one thing I don't want to do. I, I used to live the life of saying, and I still do, live the life of saying, I never want my, I never want another man to put my kids to bed. I never want another man to teach my kids to throw a football, ride a bike, or later in life drive a car. So I've developed something that I call Take Five. You're going to want to hear this. We just have to take five, five minutes when we get home to unwind in the driveway or in the garage and stop the email, stop the text message, finish the phone call, and then shift from being lender or realtor extraordinaire to being the most rewarding job that we could all ever have, and that's being a parent. That's being a, a husband or a wife. See, when we walk in the front door through that threshold and we're on the phone, our kids and our wives and their husbands have been waiting for us. And they're excited to see us, if you can believe that or not. But when we're walking in on the phone, they simply think that that person that's on the phone is more important to them. So we've got to stop that. I hope today I give you some tactics also to get our hours down. We're all burning the midnight oil. As a matter of fact, I have to I have to tell you, I worked one night until midnight. I had to get my CE done. And I shared that with Kimberly Austin, uh, my friend and agent partner. And uh, she said, hey, don't you know what Rick says? I said, what's that? She said, our families want the best of us, not what's left of us. And we've got to we've got to remember those things. We've got to make our families be our number one client. If you want an opportunity to have it all, it's got to start there. All right, I got to jump into my journey and tell you how did I get here. So I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, 2012. Sitting in the front row, I always have to sit in the front row. One, I don't see very well. And number two, I normally am with Brett Baird, and he doesn't hear at all. So we're sitting in there, and we're watching the likes of the Lisa Wells, the Josh Sigmunds, and then this guy, this bald guy from New York. And he's on stage, heavy accent, and he's openly talking about his income. See, that year, that, that guy made $3 million. I was shocked. $3 million as a loan officer? Unbelievable. Never done in probably the history of lending. Well, I hear him talk about how the core transformed his life, and he made this money by cultivating deeper relationships with attorneys and Asians. I said, Asians? I heard him say it again, Asians. So I looked at my buddy next to me and I said, hey, Brett, do we have a big Asian population in Colorado? I mean, later in this conversation, I finally figured out he was saying agents, but Scott Foreman, I mean, what an icon. And there he is telling us how he did it. I sat in that front row and I looked at Scott and said, if this guy can do it, so can I. 
I want today to be that day for you. I want you to look at me and say, he's just a normal dude. There's nothing special about him. If he can do it, so can I. I turned in my application to the Corps that day, and I knew I had to be a part of this group. See, the 18 years prior, I figured out I was doing it all wrong and that this would be the vehicle to transform my life. I didn't want to just change it because change is temporary. Transformation is permanent. And so these tactics I'm going to share with you are the tactics that got me to this point. I want to start with my income. When I started the year before the core, my income was $667,000. I had $83,000 in the bank. And I had uh, a debt to the IRS of 83532 I have to back up. It was 267 The following year was 667 uh, fast forward one year later, two years later, 2014, I made my first million. I made 1.4. Guess what? There was no confetti. There was no parade. There were no mariachis singing to me. It was just the, the a milestone that I hit in my career. And guess what? I liked the journey better than the pinnacle. I learned more through the journey than I, when I got to the top of the mountain. And I still hadn't climbed that, that mountain as high as I wanted to go. So in 2017, uh, I made $3 million. In 2019, I dipped a little. I made 2.9. In 2020, I will make $6 million. I will have over $4 million in the bank. I don't tell you this to impress you. I tell you this to impress upon you that anyone can do this. So can you. The five-minute mile. Remember when... The gentleman broke the five-minute mile. They, we all thought it could never be done. And then shortly thereafter, people were running faster than even a five-minute mile. So um, Rick used to stand on stage at every summit and tell all of you I was the worst saver in the room. The first law of, of the core in business is save 20%, never touch it. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't committed to it, but I, I had a strong focus on it. And what I, what I know about me is if I focus something, I'll, I'll have change, right? You want to change something, put it to intense focus on it, okay? So I obviously got accepted into the core that year. I had a great run, and I want to share with you how I got to that point. So let's go over my five tactics that I hope will help you apparently have it all. So number one, the number one tactic is time blocking. I know what you're thinking. We've all already talked about time blocking. I just have to tell you how I do it. So in the morning, five days a week, I go to the gym. Three of those days are with a trainer. Two of those days are on my own. Then I fill in family time. Rick has challenged me to take a half an hour a day, so six hours a week for every child, one-on-one -on -one time, and spend no money. I like that idea. So I've, I've added that to my calendar. Then I fill in the theme days, and then I fill in callback times. So if I don't get all my calls done, 
I have time to do it. See, if I don't get my calls done, I want to make sure that I don't just not do them, okay? So time blocking. One, one thing I'll tell you regarding time blocking is take an audit of your schedule and make sure that your schedule shows what's important to you outside of work. So you better make sure that you have self, health, uh, family time. And I would be remiss if I said, oh, on Friday, every Friday, 5.30, it's date night. Your schedule also has to have a stop time and an end time. My wife and many of my employees know this. I, I get to be home by 6.30. See, if, if I'm home by 6.31, my wife won't let me touch her. She doesn't want to talk to me. She's angry with me. So I have a, a stop time of 6.30. I need to be home. If I'm going to take five, I got to be pulling in at 6.20. I live five minutes from the office. At about 6, 6.15, people start yelling, you better get home, because they know. So have a start time, have a stop time. In addition, take an audit of your overall time that you're spending. It's going to truly show you what's important to you. As JJ taught us before, is make sure your schedule is full because white space is bad. But also make sure you're fulfilling your obligations. And then lastly, make sure your schedule is fulfilling. I've had several weeks where I just didn't enjoy my schedule. So I changed it to make sure that every day when I leave the office, I'm fulfilled by the work that I've done. The second, surrender. We have to surrender to this process. This process is the theme days. Those are what I call the basics. I didn't surrender for about two years into the core. Had I surrendered sooner, my journey would be a lot further along. I'm challenging you to make this summit, the summit you surrender, to just following the theme days. See, the theme days are the basics. And what I learned is by doing the basics, I can make a million dollars. Teaching others to do the basics, they too can make a million, and I, my income will increase as well. So Zig Ziglar said it best. If I help enough people get what they want, in return, I can get what I want. I'm still figuring out what it is I want. So surrender, the theme days. I don't get why Monday through Tuesday were really good. And then Wednesday through Friday, just the wheels fall off. And those three days are just as equal and impactful to our business as the first two. So let's surrender. Let's do a better job in, in the, at the end of this semester, this summit, excuse me, and going forward to surrender to this process. It's the best process on the planet. Will you pull up my clock? Perfect. I changed it a little bit. I had to fancy it up. But here we go. This is part of surrendering. See, if you look at the schedule between 12 and 3, that's when this business is a, is a job, right? You're just figuring it out. You're making a paycheck. But then we get to 3 to 6. And 3 to 6 is 
you've got a um, a stable income, you're making a, a, a payment or, t- or a check or two, and you're able to save a little bit of money. Then we fast forward to six to nine, and that's the sweet spot. You're saving 20%. You are uh, no longer paycheck to paycheck. It's now a career. And then we get to nine to 12. Nine to 12 is the danger zone. As Josh said, it's helicopters and hookers. Stay out of that area. So with that said, is nine to 12, is nine to 12 is the danger zone. You're making more money than you know what to do with. You're, you stop doing what got you there. Sound familiar? And then your ego gets in the way and you crash. Nine to 12 is when we quit doing the basics. So let's remember that we don't want to crash and burn. And I know we're all making more money than we ever dreamed of. It's inflated. It's going to change. But if we go back to the basics uh, and surrender to the theme days, we'll be in a much better ground. See, the basics are hard, right? You think about the military. People don't make it through even just basic training. All right. The next one, culture and values, your core values. See, our culture is by design. It's not by accident. We work on it. Our core values, we have an acronym that we came up with. It's legit. It's The L stands for loyalty. We're going to be loyal to you, and we expect you to be loyal to us. The E is for energetic. I want some energy in the office. When you walk through that front door, it's time to go. Growth-minded, the G for growth-minded. I want you to grow with us. I want you to play bigger, impactful. I want to impact the lives of those that I come in contact with and those that we lend to and have a relationship with. And then the T, as Roy taught us, the, the, the T and team player stands for together, the E, everybody, the A, achieves, and the M, more. So together, everybody achieves more. I've also added anything worth creating takes another person. That's a team. So how did we come up with our core values? We literally took six people that we admired. Rick was one of those people. And the L for loyalty, that stands for Rick. Because I listed every attribute about Rick that I endeared, and that was one of them. And I did that with six different people. We had over 250 words on the board. We found some of the words were duplicating. And then we just cut it down from 250 to 100 to 50, down to the the six that I have. So I challenge you to do that. I hire and fire to our core values. So everybody knows the expectation. Another thing we do for culture, yes, we buy food. Yes, now it's virtually we're sending food to their home. But I like this idea of the rock star of the month. Every month, the management team picks a rock star. Who went above and beyond? Who impressed them the most? We put their name in a hat. We draw it out. And I personally pay their car payment. It's a very rewarding feeling for me. And it's awesome to see the smile on their face when they get the check. We also put their picture in the hallway there so everybody can see who the rock star is. People actually want to be the rock star. They fight for this. All right, culture and core values. Work on it. It is the glue to my success. We talk about it often in our office. All right, tactic number four, passion. 
If you are not passionate about what you are doing in your schedule, around your office, in your community, don't do it. Do you ever wonder why Rick is always yelling? I mean, this guy's changed the planet. He's living the best life. But what I found out is his, him always yelling at us is his passion coming through. Rick, the passion is the love, and it's an endearing quality. So when Rick is yelling at me, which is often, I just say it's his love coming through for me. So be passionate about what you're doing. If you look at it and you don't want to do it, at your level, you shouldn't. If your phone rings and that person calling isn't somebody you want to talk to, why do you work with them? Why are they calling you? Be passionate. Have passionate people in your life. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is goals, right? Goals are so important. Now, we just did our goals, right? How many of you, by a show of hands, just completed your BHAG goal? I completed mine from 2019. I just, I saved it. I'm not going to throw it away, but I saved it because it was monumental. Now, I come from a mindset of thinking bigger. So I'm going to ask you is to look at your BHAG goal, and if that number isn't big, change it. I think that we need to think bigger around here. As we've seen what some of these numbers are this year, it's amazing. And if we think bigger, we can accomplish anything. See, through goals, anything is possible. And that BHAG, that's a goal. The other thing I'll tell you is on page 14, you know, the, I, I, where, uh, where I am now, I want you to write down, yeah, I can have it all. Because if you focus on those categories, it'll get you closer to having it all. So back to goals. I do monthly goals. I do one-year goals. I do three-year goals. And I do Sunday goals. Now, I could do a better job at doing goals with all of my employees. I do it with a few, and I'm working on getting better and doing it with more. As a matter of fact, I've been doing goals with Scott Harshman for almost a year now, and I asked Scott, I said, I just got to ask you, does this work? Is this beneficial? And he said, I actually look forward to it. And we do it between that first week of every single month. So our goals, we do six uh, personal goals and six business goals once a month, and we overcome them. We, we do about 70%. He hits about 70% of his goals. Your goals need to be smart. The S stands for specific. The M stands for measurable. The A stands for obtainable. The R, realistic, and the T is time-sensitive. We need to have a by-when date as to when we're going to accomplish this. All right? So the other thing, too, as a leader, you should be looking at their, your, your employee Sunday goals. And if there's one that you can help them reach, I think it's your job to do it. Help them reach their goals. They will stay with you forever if you are consistently raising the bar. That's why I'm still around here. The core consistently raises the bar. I couldn't be, I couldn't live without them. They're that important to me. All right. Those are my uh, five tactics that I hope that you will employ. I want to leave you with a few things. Listen, as I mentioned, 
I'm humbled and honored to be here and speaking to you today. I still don't know why I'm here. Um, but you're going to have an opportunity to come on this journey with us. You have the opportunity to re-up. I want you to, to look at that opportunity and come on that journey with us. I wouldn't be where I'm at today, not only in my business, but with my family and with my wife. The core has made it me a better person, and I know it will do the same for you. I'm going to leave you with this. I read this the other day, and it struck home. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Fitness is hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Life will never be easy. Pick wisely. I picked the core. I picked the core to coach me, to mentor me, to make me a better person. And here I am today. I want to thank you for this opportunity. God bless you all, and I look forward to the time that we can see each other again. Bye. Thank you, Gavin, very, very much. Gavin Ekstrom, unbelievable. So listen, I bought you two of my, two of my extreme overachievers. So Marjorie will do $50, $55 million this year. Gavin will do about $250 million, and Gavin's branch will do about $1, 2000000000 billion at the branch. So Marjorie is one of my coaches. She does $55 million as a realtor. Gavin is one of my coaches. He does 70 deals a month. He closes 370 deals a month at his branch. They both are working on their marriages. They're working on their kids. They're working on their business. They're working on their fitness. But they're working at their pace. My philosophy is to get people to a million dollars. I take people three to 500. I get them to a million. Gavin saw Foreman making three million years ago, and he wanted to pass Foreman. He's super competitive. So now I look at Gavin making $6 million with $4 million in the bank, and I'll tell you this, he's a better man now than he was four years ago. I've fought with all my coaches because they have big personalities and big egos. I like a good fight. I fight with lots of clients. I like a good battle because you always get to make up after. So Gavin and me, about a year and a half ago, I have three coaches in Colorado, three different guys, Eric Colby, Mike Bowen, Gavin Ekstrom. I mean, they're within an hour apart, and this is a competitive business. And in the core nation, we got to respect each other and be loyal. So Gavin crossed the line, tried to hire one of Eric Colby's employees. I found out about it. I went off on Gavin. Now, if he would have sat there like a grown-up taking it, we'd have got along. But instead, he rose up on me, and we got into a battle. And he said something to me. He says, that's it. I quit. I says, fine. You want to give up and not do the right thing? You can quit. And I called him an hour later. I said, listen, Gavin, I don't want you to make this mistake. Me and you are better together. I want you to think about it, and I want you to call me in the morning. I left him a message, and he called a bunch of core friends, core coaches, and they all yelled at him. And he called me up the next day, and he did the only thing that matters in life. He said, you know what, Rick? I was wrong. I apologize. I won't do it again. I'll fix it with Eric Colby. And I said, it's over with me. It's over. So listen, we are all going to make a lot of mistakes because we're salespeople, because we're well-off, and we're successful. And the curse of being well-off is you think you're better. You're not better than anyone else. We are better at this than other people. That is the only difference. And probably most of us are lesser quality people than a lot of other people. But we have an opportunity to grow these areas. So I love the path that Marjorie's been on. I loved her journey. I love the path that Gavin's on. They're both creating wealth at the level that they want to create wealth. All of you need to decide, I'm going to get to a million or 
We have other clients that blow past the million dollars. You have to make your personal choices in life. I will tell you this, though. Gavin has not sacrificed his life to make $6 million. He's an excellent parent with those five kids. He's an excellent husband with his wife. He's a great coach. He's a great friend. He's somebody that I'm proud to know, and I like to know. Marjorie is somebody that I'm proud to know, that I enjoy Marjorie. Okay. Yes, I get on Marjorie because she's the smallest of the realtor coaches. So she gets a lot of grief. She takes it on the chin like a champion. She's like Rocky Balboa. I knock her down. She gets up every single time fighting. Marjorie does not give up. She stays in the game. I love that the core has levels of what people are trying to attain. You've been listening to the core's sales training boot camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.